to everyone out there watching. Uh, today I'll be interviewing Joe Woodley. And Joe Woodley is an author, leadership and team development coach, and inspirational public speaker. Hopefully when he's speaking, he doesn't sound like I do currently. He is equipping leaders and teams with their relationship with relationship skills and divine truths they need to flourish and navigate through the unique challenges presented in um, in today's high-performance environments. In his own unique style, emerging from a plethora of transformative life experiences, Joe provides workshops, seminars, and other resources to emphasize the necessity of excellence in character, integrity, leadership, support, care, and accountability. Joe has written over 16 books for adults and children on leadership, team development, character education, and other life empowering topics. So his latest book, which, which was released just a couple of weeks ago, is a delightful and empowering children's book called The Great Christmas Heist. So, Joe, welcome. It's great to have you on the show. And we want to learn all about you and your books. Um, so we will start off with kind of a couple of basic questions. So first of all, do you write professionally? I mean, we know that you're also a leadership coach. Um, but why don't you tell us about yourself and where the writing falls? Absolutely. I do write professionally. As you stated, I've written over 16 books. The Great Christmas Heist is actually my 17th book. And I actually started writing because uh, as a young man, I was um, extremely shy. I was an introvert. And I really did know, not know how to organize my thoughts. I was, I was a thinker. And a lot of people confused me for being an athlete. That was athletic, but I was primarily a thinker. And writing became a tremendous outlet for me to be able to organize my thoughts in a constructive manner and share my feelings and my observations about the world around me. Uh, so when I was in high school, uh, one of my high school teachers really took notice of my skill and my talent and really encouraged me to pursue that as a potential career. And it wasn't until almost almost 10 years later that I really got serious about it. And of course, that led to all the other avenues opening up in my life. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And by the way, where are you calling you from? I'm actually in Ohio. I'm, I'm originally from New York. I grew up there, and I, I moved to Columbus, Ohio um, in 1998, and I was there for about 24 years, and the last year I relocated to um, Shadyside, Ohio, which is on the eastern corridor along the Ohio River Valley. Cool. I'm in Denver, Colorado right now, but I'm also from New York originally. Where in New York are you from? Long Island, if you're familiar with Nassau County. I sure am. Yeah, I lived there when I was a kid. I'm mostly from the city, but uh, for my childhood, for about six years, I lived in Great Neck. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I'm from uh, Freeport. Nice. Very cool. So, great. So, it's really great to meet you and get to know you. So, as I mentioned before, you write in a whole wide variety of genres. Um, do you have a preferred style that you like? Um, I actually prefer writing or primarily writing for uh, adults, which is where my passion lies. Um, I started, as a matter of fact, I, I, uh, my first book was really about a story of redemption. The reason why I got 
into writing uh, or dadding writing in for children was when my son was small, I was, I was actually a single father. And um, my son had something going on in school called character ed, character education. And um, so he was saying, Dad, you're always talking to me about doing the right thing and making the right choices in life and doing something with my life. Why don't you come to school and talk to the kids about that? He was actually in first grade when he was telling me this. And so I had really focused heavily on instilling those values uh, in him. And um, so with that, I created uh, my first program, my first set of books, which were called The the Hero Project. It was more like a um, comic type of uh, book. And I dealt with a lot, a lot of things that I talked to adults about. And what I was really discovering is adults are nothing more than big kids. And uh, many of the issues that a lot of adults are dealing with were issues that they had not uh, resolved as children. And so I was able to meet people in both areas. Uh, obviously, you're presenting the message in a way that is uh, digestible to each particular group. Uh, but it was really a lot of the same themes, character, integrity, making the right choices, uh, making the right decisions, and really putting a plan and design in place for your life. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. Um, and speaking of sharing, by the way, actually, I believe you wrote a short story using yeah. these six yeah, improv uh, words. So would you like to share that with us? Absolutely. Uh, let me uh, actually pull that up now on my uh, laptop. I shared it with my wife um, the other day. And so she was actually, she said, you, you know, she's like, okay, you, you are pretty talented. Uh, <laughs> uh -oh. So let me actually pull that up here. I thought I actually had it right on my laptop. Um, but, you know, I thought about, as, as I'm looking for this, I thought about um, what I wanted to share uh, in this. And when I saw the words, uh, I tried to choose things that really kind of spoke to, uh, really spoke to my soul. And, um, again, the way that I see the world uh, around me, um, and so just give me one second here. I'm trying to pull this up. I'm not trying to drag this on. But, uh, uh, yeah, I really want to, to share in a way that really spoke to the world around me. So I wrote something that really had to do a lot with love and to do with life. And uh, those things were those things are very important to me because we all suffer tragedy in life. We all. All uh, had heartbreak and heartache in life, and um, I apologize. I had it right here pulled up. I think somebody got on my computer. Oh, here we go. So this particular, I chose. I chose the words Piccadillo, Quintillion, Indubitable, Amorous, Ignominy, and Duplicitous, and boy. But how do you put together a love story based on those things? Well, I created the, the title of this story is actually Piccadillo. And it starts, let us call the two main characters of today's story, Jack and Jill, for anonymity's sake. This is not the same Jack and Jill from the nursery rhymes you remember from long ago. Jack and Jill. Jill were once good friends, good friends whose 
relationship was ruined when they decided to take their intimacy to the next level and become part-time lovers. Now, I must warn you of the ending before we start at the beginning that their tale ends tragically in many, in a way, many of you reading or listening to this have witnessed in what may seem like several quintillion times before. Jack and Jill's story began as a tale about love, true love, not the sexual playground of duplicitous behavior polarized on soap operas, rom-com movies, so-called love-making songs, and especially not that which is often celebrated in social media. Jack and Jill loved each other in ways that most humans will never understand. Their love was sacred and pure. They held no secrets or animosity toward each other or anyone from the past. There was no fear of hurt, disappointment, or betrayal. Jack loved Jill more than he loved himself. And when Jill looked at Jack, she felt just the same. When they were with each other, their love was unselfish and satisfying. With, without each other, there was a part of each's soul missing in the other. Jack and Jill were willing to give their lives for each other and were the best of friends who lived totally free. Companions of Jack and Jill would often comment on how the two were perfect for each other and would be perfect together. Well, we've all heard about that before. Jack and Jill continued to resist the urging of their friends until they were eventually worn down and against their better judgment, warmed up to the prospect that maybe, just maybe, there could be more than the indubitable love they shared through their bond. Things were awkward at first, but they were encouraged to just give things a little time. Unfortunately, the more time and energy they dedicated to pursuing an amorous relationship with each other, the more strained things became between them. The trust and unwavering dedication Jack and Jill had for each other began to falter. They no longer viewed each other through the lens of purity. Their open conversations became guarded and their feelings disguised. Soon, Jack and Jill realized that they had made a terrible mistake. The love they shared, the love that is so rarely seen by humanity had, such, had been compromised, thwarted by the promise of greener grass on the mythical other side. The divine gift they had been given was violated, and that was no minor piccadillo. What hurt the most was the conclusion that there was no getting back what they had. They were convinced to trade in their purity, and what they had received in return was the ignominy of their sorrow. Jack and Jill moved forward, but they were never quite the same. All that remains are fond memories of what once was and hopes that someday what will be Brett will bring healing and eradicate the pain. That is my story.
Wow. wow. Nice work. Love that. Excellent. Yeah, that goes way beyond uh, Jack and Jill going up a hill to fetch a pail of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of allegorical in a sense. I mean, it, it almost reminded me of um, like Adam and Eve, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I try to write in a way that people can read into it and draw from it what they need. You know, I think that that's a skill with writing. I think there's a purpose behind writing. Just we're sharing our thoughts and our concepts and our ideas and our perspective of the world around us. But as writers, it's important that we allow people space to read into what we're writing and draw out what they need, yeah. what they can gain from it and not provide or uh, or put in uh, structures that inhibit their ability to grow personally. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do you think you ever might consider expanding that into a full novel? You know what? There is a possibility. I was pushed, um, excuse me, like I said um, earlier, I have been uh, kind of on a little bit of a tour with this new book. And everywhere I go and I read that, people are, I keep asking me, what, when are you going to write your next book? <laughs> when are you going to write your next book? And so that has really reignited the uh, that that excitement in me. You know, I love writing, and uh, as a matter of fact, I'm actually in in school going for a degree in business, and on top of everything else that's happening in my life. And um, and so part of what I have to do for this particular class is is I have to write, whether it's math or you name it, and I love being creative and taking thoughts and ideas and these various concepts and applying them to life and uh, my desire is to be an help and aid a guide or whatever for people that they can uh, they can better their, their lives um, I wrote a book several years ago called uh, you were born to win so suck it up buttercup the essential guide to turn the winners into winners or losers into leaders and that particular book was like a, it was like a guide. I was taking things that I had experienced in life. It's not a thick book. It's actually a very thin book. It looks, looks, really does look almost like a guide. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have it right here. Um, so I took the, the concepts that I saw in life and presented them in a way that people could perceive what they needed to perceive and draw out what they needed to help them. And regardless of where people were in life, regardless of their uh, their uh, religious background, regardless of their family life, regardless of whatever, I had so many people who came to me and said they got something out of that book. And that really blesses me as a, as a human being. Uh, I am always encouraged when I see that I have impacted someone's life in a positive way. And that's why I write the way that I write. That's why I write on the topics that I write. I can't write just to write. Even with this here, it's I want people to draw something from it. I want them to draw some conclusions that will help guide them in their own decisions and in their own journey in life. Right. That's great. And I have many more questions for you, and you actually touched on some of the, the questions. And um, but before we jump in there, Concetta, are you live with us? Because I don't see you, but I heard you before. Yeah, no, you can't see me? No. 
but maybe other people can. <laughs> so, but anyway, Instagram obviously has been having technical difficulties, but why don't you tell us and the audience a little bit about yourself, actually, and I apologize for not introducing you before because I don't even see that you're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, my name is Kinsetta Otero. Uh, my handle here is the Wordy Woman 20. Thank you, Wordsuit, for the confirmation. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I am the author of Secrets of the City of Gold. It's a retelling of the 2000 DreamWorks film, The Road to El Dorado. Um, I love dabbling in, in folklore and adventure romance and exciting news. Um, I am working on a second edition to that book because I opened the pages one day and I said, I need to redo this. <laughs> so that's that. But in I, I took like a brief hiatus and I actually plotted out like four to five, four to five other like novel ideas so i got some stuff in the works but i am a copywriter and brand strategist and i actually do want to start catering to authors and helping them expand on them on their you know market as well and try to help them you know just figure out who they are as an author figure out their their target audience their genre their brand their brand essentially so that is me yeah. <laughs> um yeah. where are you located you also have a hint of a new york accent yes I I am. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So when you all say we're all saying that you were from from New York, I was actually pointing at myself, being like, "Oh my God, me too. I'm in I'm in a room of New Yorkers. Are we kidding, are we kidding right now? <laughs> this is a family. Excuse me. This is a family reunion. Okay. I am officially from. I'm originally from New York, Long Island. As a matter of fact, Suffolk County represents. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> Suffolk County. Um, West Islip. I'm sorry. Which, which town? Which town? West Islip. <coughs> West Islip, right. Yes, West Islip. Right. But now, um, I'm tuning in live from Kissimmee, Florida. So, uh, Disney World, Disney World in the backyard, you know what I mean? So, uh, I try to make it a magical experience. <laughs> gotcha. Very cool. Well, it's great to meet you, and um, yeah, maybe my New York accent would be a little bit more prominent if I didn't sound like this right now, but um, with a normal voice. So uh, anyway, so Joe, back to you. So uh, The Great Christmas Heist, it was released about like two and a half weeks ago, I believe. Beautiful cover. Uh, I looked, you know, I took a peek at it. It looks like it's a really endearing and also empowering story. Why don't you please tell us a little bit about it? Well, I was... Uh, I wrote the book about 11 years ago, and uh, because I was again making observations about life and the world around me, and what I was, in some ways, I was a little bit disturbed by the commercialism or the, the hyper commercialism behind the, the holiday. And um, you know, my son, when he was small, we had a rule in in our house. Um, we were always mindful of people who maybe had less than we did. We weren't by any means wealthy. Um, we had our, our own struggles, but we were always mindful of people who were around us. And with that in mind, the rule was whenever you would get a gift, because his birthday and Christmas are very close to get together. His birthday's in November, Christmas obviously in December. And so he had to make sure he took care of his things because in order for him to get something new, what he needed to do was he needed to trade something in he would give something to someone and the toys were never beat up they were never battered um so we took good care of things i taught him that and, and to, be, to be mindful of people who have less and what i was noticing is that 
there was an attitude that was really permeating throughout a lot of our society where people were becoming more self-focused, self-centered. Uh, the holiday became a lot less about family and more about stuff, what I could get out of it. And that was filtering into a lot of the, of the kids' mindsets about it. Um, I don't really want to spend time with grandma, grandpa, or anybody else. What am I going to get? And so um, I decided, I'm, you know what, I'm going to write a book that really talks about the importance of family and, and friendships and relationships. But I want to do something that is really keyed into the things that inspired me growing up. Things like uh, uh, Dr. Seuss and The Night Before Christmas and really something that pays homage to those particular stories because you know, I'm sure you two remember uh, watching those old Rickon Brothers Christmas specials and looking at the miracle on 34th Street, you know, and things like that in the, in the, in the, in the mystery and the wonder of Christmas at that time. It's like, you know, we go into the holidays now, it's like, ah, it's just another day. But as a, a child, there was magic behind it and there was joy behind it and you were excited about the holiday, and not just about the things you're going to get, but I get to see some people that I haven't seen in a long time. And so I wrote this book to really talk about those types of relationships. And so Thomas and Claire, who are the main characters of the story, are really, in the beginning of the book, very self-focused, very self-centered. And they believe that if they could just get more gifts from the people around them, more presents, that they will eventually be happy. And so there's a lot of layers to the story because on the other side you have that you have parents who are giving, 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 thinking that the more that they give, the happier their kids will be, the more joyous their kids will be. But they find that no matter how much they get, they're not they're not quite happy. And so they decide to hijack Santa's sleigh for uh, Christmas, believing that that's going to finally make them happy. Uh, I was. I was uh, connected to an amazing illustrator. Some 11 years after writing the book, I moved, to, like I said, to Shadyside last year. And I met a library, a hit librarian, uh, who was over the library. I was doing some work there. I've been a couple of times. She comes in and she introduces herself. And she asked me what I did. And I said, oh, you know, I'm a professional writer. I was a speaker. And she said, oh, really? You know, what types of books do you write? And I told her about my books, but primarily the ones that are more for adults. And she said, oh, it's just too bad you don't write anything for kids. I said, actually, and I happen to have the phone on my, excuse me, the, uh, the story on my phone. And so I pulled it up and I read it to her. And she sat forward in a chair and she said, that's one of the best children's books I've ever heard. And I was like, really? Are you sure about that? You know, I'm, I'm, and she said, I'm serious. That is an amazing story. You need to get it published. And through a series of events, she connected me, like I said, this amazing illustrator, Sid Hutchison, um, who we connected online. And here we are, less than a year from connecting with that individual. And the book is out and it's ready. And it's doing so, so well. I'm, I am blown. Away, everywhere that we go, and people see the book. They see, see the the artwork in the book. They 
theater store. I did a reading last night. I think we sold uh, last night. Uh, we sold, I think it was uh, almost 40 books last night. Congratulations. Thank you. And that's actually huge for a yeah. um, for an author because usually when you go to events, uh, and you, you guys know this a lot, but sometimes you 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 lucky yourself five, mm -hmm. and yes. people are coming in. I know many authors who you know they can't sell any, but every single event that we have been through, people see the book, they start reading through it, and they're like, I want to get one, I want to get two, I want to get three, I want to give it to this person over there. Mm -hmm. I know people love the story. Yeah. I mean, they're so captivated by the story. Uh, last night the um, I believe that the uh, commerce department came out. I mean, there's been people like people, the story is getting around all over the place. So this has been a, a, an extraordinary adventure and people are, people feel this story <laughs> um, in ways that are, uh, are unimaginable. So I'm really grateful that it's, it's catching on the way that it is. And, and like I said, everywhere we go, people are jumping on board. That's fantastic. And the timing is right, obviously, with Christmas around yes. the corner. It makes it great. Um, where is it available? Where can people buy it? So, so people can find the book actually on Barnes & Noble. Just go on, literally type in The Great Christmas Heist, and it will pop up immediately. This is moving up the rankings very, very quickly. You can also go to my website, agreatchristmasbook.com, and there are links on there where you can actually purchase uh, the book. Because I think it's also available on Amazon as well. And you can go to any bookstore in the country and ask them to order The Great Christmas Heist. They'll pull it up and uh, they can have it delivered to you. Great. <clears throat> and what age range is it for? This book is for uh, children ages 3 through 10 or 11. Um, I spoke to several reviewers who looked at it and they said, they said there was themes that are in here. That's, I think that's why I'm so, um, why it's doing so well. If you think about it, uh, Dr. Seuss, when you read his books, you have a very different perspective when you read it as an adult as you do it, did as a child. As a child, it looks very simplistic and whatnot. You enjoy the artwork and the storylines, and it's a lot of fun, and it's funny, and it's humorous. But as an adult, you read it, and you come away with some very different perspectives. You realize, oh, my goodness, there's some very deep lessons in these books. And that's what's happening with this one. Uh, when I read it yesterday, I actually read it to some kids who were 10 and 11 years old, and they were having a blast. They were, they were laughing. Their parents were laughing. And the grandparents were laughing. Uh, they were like, "Man, that is such a great book!" And you know, I'll take three of them. I mean, that's that's just that's just what was happening. And so, uh, and like I said, but the art really, uh, because of the style of artwork, it brings back that classical feel with a contemporary twist that's really attractive to a, a, a broader uh, age range. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations on your success so far with it, and I wish you all the success in the world moving forward. Obviously, we're getting closer to Christmas. I think, you know, it's going to fly off shelves, so that's really great. Thank you. And earlier, you were talking about some of the other stuff you were writing. Um, so what, what are you writing now? And tell us also about what you got planned for the future. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm planning on getting back on the road somewhere in the future and certainly going, getting back into public speaking. So I'm working on several projects. I'm working on another leadership and team development book um, to really help um, to really help guide people. Because I see, again, a lot of uh, divergence happening in our society, and I'm all about building people up. I'm all about equipping people. Uh, I'm all about inspiring people. So I'm working on several several of those types of projects that are really designed to empower people. Uh, I, was desi- I, was, I was challenged last night to write another children's book, but I have to see if I can fit that into my already busy schedule. I said, can you get another one done by next year? I'm like, ah, we'll have to find out. I've already got a lot going on. But like I said, I'm working on uh, several more leadership and team development books. Uh, and I'm also revamping a, a curriculum that I wrote several years ago when I was uh, when I was doing the leadership and team development for American Electric Power. I had a contract with them where I was training their leaders. And so I'm redesigning that curriculum to work not just with companies, but to work with families and individuals. Uh, to, to help families to learn to work together and to grow together and to flourish together and to begin to dream again together. Because I think there's a missing component of so many different families. So many families are, are just uh, they're, they're separated and everyone's got, got their own vision and their own goal. And we should have vision and we should have goals. And I encourage people to have that. But what can we do as a family? I'm taking that particular curriculum, and as I said, I'm redesigning it uh, so that families can do something spectacular to build a legacy, generational legacies um, that um, that they can be proud of. That's really interesting. What are some examples of that? So some great examples of creating a legacy would be uh, building a business. Uh, could be one legacy that you that you have. You know, those lot lot of mom and pop joints have been kind of run out of have been run out of town. And we see that a lot in a lot of big cities where they're struggling to uh meet the demands of the time and to compete with a large lot of these corporations. Uh other legacy things could be creating non not for profit organizations. Uh what does that look like? Or it could be something as simple as doing family reunions, a successful family reunion that, that where you get together and you don't just uh, get together, just like hang out and just have a good time. And that's important. But you talk about the history of your family. What impacted grandma and grandpa and all these other individuals yeah. make? And how can that inspire us as a family to do great things to, uh, together? So I'm a I'm a true believer that we need to get back to the fundamentals of family. I believe that part of the reason our society is in the condition that it is in is because of the breakdown in the family unit. And with the breakdown yes. of the family unit, that has led to the breakdown in the community because mm-hmm. community is an extension of the family. Mm-hmm. And so you see all of these families that are split up, and then the communities are collapsing. We wonder why our children are struggling the way that they're struggling because they don't have the support systems in place. You know, we're so 
amazing about how I grew up, and I wasn't about not, I could trust me, I was not the perfect kid. Um, but I, I had people who were around me, not just family members, but I had people in the community who looked after me to make sure that I was doing the right thing. So if I was out there doing something I had no business doing, you best believe that Kevin from across the street and whoever it is down the street was going to come out and they were going to say, now my nickname was JoJo. And they said, JoJo, now you know your mom, you know your grandma wouldn't want you out here doing that. And they would step in to support the values that your family was trying to instill in you. Mm -hmm. And but now because we're so separated, even within families, you got one parent is teaching the child one thing, the other parent teaches something else. The people in the community aren't really looking out for each other. So it's been a total disintegration yep. of our society. And so I, I believe that part of my mission, part of my purpose in life is to try to guide people, inspire people to reach back into those things. Some traditional values, in, you know, in our, in our, in our drive to progress, we've dismissed a lot of those things that we've lost, um, a lot of character and a lot of who we are. But there are some traditional values that are important to who we are as people. And, uh, if we let those things go, our society is going to continue to go downhill. So I want to inspire people to reclaim those things. They're, they're extraordinarily important. And there are generations who are looking to us, who are really looking to us to step up our game. Yeah. And uh, so my hope is that this, this, these new projects will help to inspire that. Yeah, that's very ambitious and very important. Well I completely agree with everything you said. And, you know, you also touched upon what our ancestors did, you know, like what did grandma and grandpa do, or great grandparents. Right. And I think everyone, you know, we all lose sight of what uh, our family members uh, did before us. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very important to know the history of our families. And I love it. You know, I've often thought about how modern technology could actually help that because mm -hmm. now, like, <clears throat> With so you know, with, there's so many more photos and videos and records of everything. We actually have that access, so it will be interesting to see what's going to happen two, three generations from now. Because if you go backwards, you know, <clears throat> two, three generations married us. It's very, like our grandparents, you know, maybe or I'd say our great grandparents have like maybe five photos. Of them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but you know, going forward. There's going to be like five, five thousand, fifty thousand photos of us. So it will be interesting to see. And I'm hopeful that maybe people will get back into that, knowing um, what people did coming, you know, before them. Uh, let, so me, let me chime in for one second. I'm just to kind of finish that point, Rob. I think I'm so passionate about that. I was, uh, I had a tremendous opportunity years ago. I'm not going to get to the whole story, but I had a wonderful opportunity years ago to meet a gentleman. He was an older gentleman. His family asked me to take care of him. And, and um, man, I, I love that guy like a brother. Um, I didn't know him for a long time, but uh, when I met him, he was already sick. And, and um, you pretty much knew that his, his time was coming. And so I would pick him up from his um, dialysis appointments, and we would sit in the car. And we would talk for like hours. Um, 
And one thing I kept encouraging him to do was to create a legacy. I, want, I said, why don't you record some stories for your children, things to remember you by, um, things that are going to inspire them. And unfortunately, uh, he passed away before we were able to get rolling on that project. And that impacted me because he was not an old guy. He wasn't even 70 years old. Um, and so uh, I look at that and I think about all the other people out there who don't have that type of legacy for their family. So it's important that we value family, we value our history. And again, I, I, my hope and my prayer is that this will inspire people to reclaim that. Yeah, I think it will for sure. Um, now, switching gears for a minute, you also write fantasy, right? So I believe you have a series called The Dragon Prince. Yeah. Oh, you found out about that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody yeah, do research. <laughs> yes. So I'm actually, go, actually going to also be revamping those books. Well, I wrote, my gosh, how long ago was it when I wrote The Dragon Prince? So that was primarily for teens and tweens. And, and I wrote that story. And again, very similar themes in everything that I wrote. Uh, right, excuse me. But I wrote that because uh, the premise of the story was about this young man who really, I won't give too many, way too many details, but he's really a journey of self-discovery and discovering the power that is within him. And, and so he goes on this journey out trying to prove his worth, trying to prove his merit, trying to prove his value. And, and along the way, he discovers that there's a hidden power that's in him that he did not know existed. And I wanted to inspire these teens because uh, many of them are on a very similar journey, not necessarily this fantastical journey, but they're on a journey in life. And they think, about I look over there and I look over there and I look over there, then maybe I'll discover who I am or maybe uh, something will give me a clue or direction I want to go in in life. But the, but the reality is it's already been inside you the whole time. It just needs to be developed. You may need some people to come alongside you to help guide you uh, along the right path. But that's the, that's the, the premise of that story and, and that particular series. My son is a, uh, my son is really getting into artwork. And so I've been challenging him. I told him I want him to do some art for the actual books. So those are, those are more like uh, fantasy short novels. Uh, they're definitely not like the Christmas Heist. Those are definitely for kids who make who are going to be uh, teenagers. So YA basically. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Very cool. <laughs> yes. When you're writing fiction, would you call yourself more of a pantser or a plotter? You know, do you outline or do you write by the seat of your pants? I write by the seat of my pants. I think that my, with my particular style of writing, the goal, as I said initially, was to write in a way that allows people to read into it. I think when you are, I, I, there is a there is an aspect of planning. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so there there is a structure to it, but I go where the story takes me. I don't don't have necessarily an end in mind and try to create a story that's going to lead me into what I want the ending to be. 
I write in a way where it's like, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. And there are times I'm laughing, like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Because I'm just as engaged as the reader is. And so as I'm typing everything down, I was like, wow, that looks really good. Oh, man, I might say, oh, man, that doesn't look too good. I need to take that out. But I go where the story takes me. And particularly if you're writing things, whether it's uh, particularly when you're writing books about uh, uh, fantasy and adventure, those books are so much more appealing if you write in that way rather than this is what I want to happen and uh, there's no budging. There's no moving. This is what I want to happen and I'm going to force this story to happen. I'm going to force it. You know this and you know this with relationships for those of you out there. You know, when you're in a relationship, relationships are so much better when you allow it to happen. Organically. When you go with the flow. Whenever you try to force it, there's always a problem. And you're getting pushed back. And you're like, man, this is, this is just not working. So it's so much easier just to kind of go with the flow and, and let that happen, particularly with the, the fantasy books. I think when it's, when it's more of the leadership books, it's a little bit different because there is a specific message or specific curriculum that you're developing that you want people to um, get some guidance from. But when you're dealing with fantasy and adventure, you go where the story takes you. Don't get locked into this has to be the way the ending uh, the ending is, or this is the way that the, it needs to flow. Let the story lead you. Yeah. Or the characters. Exactly. Yes. So you, and what about you? Characters you never knew were there. <laughs> yeah. Consider, are you a answer or a plotter? So I'm going to say I'm a little bit of both. I, mm -hmm. I plot out, I plot out, you know, the way, at least the skeleton. Mm -hmm. I want my skeleton. I need to have a general idea of, like, the direction where it's going to go in. But as far as the ending goes, like, see, things take twists and turns all the time. Characters will write themselves, mm -hmm. and they do things that I do not expect in the least. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's... And you try to guide them. You try to guide them, and then they're defiant. They don't want to listen to yep. you. Yep. So, <laughs> Now I have a bunch of rambunctious kids, and they don't want to fucking listen. And uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, um, it's wild. <laughs> it is what happens. And I've had the endings change on me like I don't know how many times, but I get there in the end, whether it's the original idea or or not. So I mean, I like to say it's a little bit of both. How about you? <clears throat> I'm actually a very heavy plotter. Now, I totally agree what both of you are saying, and that works into when I am actually outlining. But I, like for my last two books, I actually outlined them concurrently and probably have 70,000 words yeah. in my outline alone yep. for two books. But that's yeah. because like, I, I knew where I wanted it to go, where I wanted it to end, mm -hmm. to have like a really satisfying ending that's also unexpected too. Mm -hmm. But to points, um, the journey of discovery and all the character arc and where the characters are going, that happens in my outline process. Right. You know, there's no right yeah. answer. Whatever works for, every, for anybody as a writer. Oh. Um, in your So, I think we have about nine minutes left, and my voice is definitely going. We might have to wrap oh. this up. You did so good, though. You're, You're doing, doing well. so good. You're doing well. <laughs> for everyone in the audience, this is not how I know sound but the show must go on fortunately i'm not singing um, 
So, yeah, why don't we actually kind of wrap it up? And um, so, let's see. So, I'm supposed to thank uh, both of you. So, thank you so much, Kutseta Otero and Joe Woodley. I appreciate you joining us here. And, Joe, you are going to be the interviewer next time. Yes. I'm not sure when that will be, but that'll be announced on the Word Sleuth um, profile. And everybody out there, please, you know, join the Word Sleuth um, and the word, our Word Improv community. You learn new words, uh, participate in the Word Improv. You know, follow Word Sleuth on Instagram. Um, and if anyone would like to get involved in these past the baton interviews, um, DM Word Sleuth through, through uh, Instagram. And of course, <clears throat> follow Joe, Concetta, and me. And why don't we just go around the horn, let everybody know what books you have out there, your social media platforms that you're on, and I don't know, wherever people can find your books and stuff. So, Concetta, why don't you start and, uh, and Joe? Sure. Um, you can find me here uh, at The Wordy Woman 20. You can find me on Facebook at CM Guido. Um, those are my two main platforms for the time being. I tried NaNoWriMo. You can follow me there, too. It was a bust through my back ass. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what? You threw your back out typing? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I just hunched over, and it was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, just wrap me in bubble wrap. But <laughs> I didn't know. That you could follow. I didn't know there was like a social media aspect in that Rhino. You could follow people. I knew there was a website. Thought it was like supportive kind of stuff. I've never done it, but yeah, I didn't realize that there was a social media aspect to it. So, in a way, there is. Like you can add buddies. You can add buddies, and I have a couple of buddies on there. But yeah, it's it's a great way. Even if you're not participating in November, you can just still challenge yourself. You can still challenge yourself. Mm -hmm to write the 50,000, however many words that you want to write. November, I know, is just the big highlight bump. Um, right. But it's open to, to, to any, you know, any time that you, that you want to challenge yourselves. But if I, if I may just piggyback, Rob, on what you were saying about the word improv community, um, it's a wonderful community. If you're looking for openness and people to be understanding, accepting, warm, welcoming, this is it. I know there's a lot of, you know, catty, gatekeeping, you know communities out there and I gotta say from my experience of being part of this it, there, there's been none of that Wordsworth has been nothing but warm and welcoming and everyone that I've been a part of the past baton interviews with has been talented and exceptional and you guys are incredible this interview tonight has been nothing short of amazing like this has been an honor to speak with you speak with you both tonight so thank you so much you know for this opportunity for me to just sit here and just be like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like it's it's still <laughs> it's, it's still a, a wonderful thing so gentlemen thank you both for tonight well thank you thank you Consetta, and also thank you for filling in the gaps when my frog voice has been uh clogging up my throat here I got you. <laughs> but, yeah. Joe, your turn. Where can people find you? Where can people find your books? Um, and all that. Well, you can absolutely find, obviously, of course, my latest book, um, The Great Christmas Heist. You can find that on Barnes & Noble, agreatchristmasbook.com, amazon.com, and, of course, any of your local bookstores can order it as well. Um, 
You were born to, this is what I'll before, but you were born to win, so suck it up, buttercup, the essential guide to turn the winners into winners and leaders and leaders and losers into leaders, excuse me, this is a long title. <laughs> 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 yeah, we don't, we got enough, well, anyway, I'm not going to even go there. Um, so, <laughs> um, but you can do that, and like I said, you just type in my name on Amazon, Joe Woodley, W-O-O-B-L-E-Y, and certainly one of my books will come up. You can contact me on um, uh, Let's Read at a uh, at a greatchristmasbook.com. And I just want to really thank you guys for this opportunity. I was so excited about doing this. As I said my schedule was just that's just been insane over the last uh, month. But this is proven to be a great community. And while I was going through the words and everything, it really challenged me. And I like that. I enjoy challenges. And so meeting you, Robin, and, and you can chat that just just this been absolutely just wonderful. It's been a wonderful wonderful interview, wonderful experience, and it felt like I was just chatting with just two friends. Yes. And, and I, I I like that and and the fact that we're all we're not trying to push anybody out, but the fact that we're all New Yorkers, yeah. Drinks at a bar in Long Island. There you oh, go. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this has actually been absolutely wonderful. And thank you, Warren Sleuth. And I, like I said, I spoke with him the uh, the other day, and that was just absolutely just tremendous. So I'm looking forward to the next interview and, and doing much more in this community and learning from all of you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that leaves it to me. I will close it out again. I am Rob Sanborn, uh, author of Dual Timeline Historical Thrillers. Um, this is my first book here that I happen to have next week called The Prisoner of Paradise. Um, you can find me on basically any social media platform. Usually Rob Sanborn is my username. And I have a new book coming out on Tuesday called Master of the Abyss, which is the conclusion to this uh, current, this particular series here. So, and I think that pretty much wraps it up. So, once again, Conceda, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting both of you Thanks. and chatting with you. And, uh, Joe, I'm looking forward to watching, not participating, but yes. well, you are <laughs> next time. And Conceda, you as well when it's your turn. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. So, with that, I hope you have a wonderful Sunday and an amazing holiday season. All right. Have a great one, guys. Happy holidays, Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye.